Welcome to, like, the TB Toycast. If you play with toys, you will score. <laughs> yeah, yeah, toys are cool, like fire, fire. <laughs> you won't score, Beavis. You're too much of a butt monkey. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up, butthead. I'll play with all the toys, then I'm definitely gonna score. <laughs> <laughs> toys are cool, Beavis. A big toy collection gets you all the chicks. And if you, like, listen to the TB Toycast, you will definitely score. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I can't wait to score. <laughs> Everyone will score but you, Beavis. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up, butthead. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, it is that time once again for the TB Toycast. My name is Brian, and joining me as always on this adventure down the toy aisle is my good pal, Jeff. Jeff, are you ready to talk some toys? I am ready to talk some toys. I need to uh, decompress right now. Uh, I have You're some angry, ang- Jeff. I'm not angry. I well, I was angry. Uh, <laughs> long, long story long. I had this Barry Bonds and Willie Mays statue that I've had forever and a day. My mom got it for me back in like '05, and I had it on top of a Detolf. And one of the cats knocked it off, fell six feet to its uh, shattery death. Oh, and. I, you know what's funny too is I got home and I heard them playing with something in the front room. I, was like, That's oh, I wonder what that could be. I wonder what that could be. Little did I know it was either Barry Bonds' limbs or a bat or whatnot. So, anyways, that shattered into a million pieces, and I was seeing red. But uh, oh yeah, the good thing is is I'm talking to you. Another good thing is is we're out of the Christmas season, and on top of that, targets were wiped out of wrestling figures and basically all toys. Yeah, that's that's kind of uh, par for the course. I feel like for a lot of stores, usually the toys uh, take a pretty good uh, butt whipping right before Christmas with last minute shoppers. But um, you you know you talked about it. We're we're past Christmas now, man. It's a chaotic time of year, isn't it? Like, have you feel you feel like you kind of recovered from that uh, post Christmas chaos so far? No, no, not at all. <laughs> not even close. No, we were supposed to have. Uh, December 26th off, but I was helping my coworker all day because it got to be a little overwhelming. Um, but anyways, you still have that kind of post-Christmas hangover kind of, Yeah, you still have like gifts sitting in your house for people that you haven't seen. And, uh, you know, it, it's just a lot still, but as you get into the middle of the January, you'll have the January blues where you're like, Oh, Christmas is over. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I, th- I feel like that'll definitely be uh, be happening the next few months. Um, my Christmas was uh, was relatively calm, which is kind of nice, and that doesn't happen a lot. But I was telling you before we started recording, I actually got to uh, go watch the Iron Claw on Christmas night, which was pretty fun. Nice, you got to go see the Claw of Irons, huh? The Claw of Irons, yeah. And you know, I actually had an idea. I'm not going to spoil the movie if people haven't seen it, but I will say this: I, I do recommend it. It's obviously a uh, an emotional roller coaster of a movie, no doubt about it. But it was well done. It is probably one of the best wrestling movies I've ever seen. Um, if I see something that doesn't look fundamentally correct, it bo- bothers me to no end. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure that could be said for any sports movie. You know, I'm sure like pro baseball players, if they see like rookie of the year and see how these actors are standing, they're probably <laughs> like, oh God, you know, like something like that. I'm so I'm sure, but but like little things like Zach Efron running the ropes or climbing the top rope, I was like, oh, he's doing it correctly, like that to me adds so much more to it. I feel like if you don't look like a wrestler, it's hard for me to buy you with that role. 
So wait, in Angels of the Outfield, when the outfielder jumps and the angel carries him, that's not supposed to happen? It's not, actually. That dadgum Matthew McConaughey, I swear. Damn it. These <laughs> freaking Hollywood, dude, I swear. Those sons of guns. <laughs> <laughs> Angels in the Outfield. I've not thought about that movie in a long time. What about Rocky when they were throwing 93% of their power punches or something? <laughs> dude, you sent me those. That was so funny. Oh, uh, that was it's like guess ESPN 30 for 30. Jeff was telling me about this last week after we got done recording. And it's essentially like a, I guess, like a spoof of that more mm-hmm. or less with with sports movies and and these like analysts or experts kind of talking about it like it was real. So funny. They did. You sent me one on Rocky <laughs> and then one on uh, on Space Jam, which was fantastic. <laughs> Yeah, those are fantastic. I can't get enough of those. There's one on Angels in the Outfield, too. But uh, oh, I need to check. I saw there was also one on Karate Kid, so I need to watch both of those. Oh, I didn't see that one. Yeah. Oh. I was like, oh, that looks that looks funny. Well, I know what I'm doing before I go to bed to watch. Uh, watching before <laughs> I go to bed tonight. Um, You know what's funny is you have mentioned that before where you have watched wrestling TV shows such as Heels and stuff like that, and you you say you'll watch their footwork and you're just like, I can't focus or it's going to drive me insane. But you pick up on little stuff like that from your yeah. wrestling days. You pick up on stuff like that. Oh yeah. And, I, and like I said, I'm sh- like, I remember back in the nineties, there was a short lived fireman show on Fox and I can't remember what it was called, but it was about firemen. And my dad had just started at the fire department. Mm-hmm. And he said, all of those guys just were like, Oh my God, this is such bs it's crap you would never do that and so i'm sure people do that in general right mm-hmm. and i'm sure a real doctor probably watches a show like er or Grey's anatomy is like oh my god like this is not even close but you know again when i guess when you're when you don't know that industry you mm-hmm. know maybe it's i'm sure like real astronauts watch apollo 13 i'm like are you freaking kidding me like <laughs> it's so inaccurate but i think that's just par for the course but i think for uh for me watching and I'm sure there's elements of the iron claw that don't look right, but there's those little things that you're supposed to, to know. And even someone who's not a fan may not get it, but they can see like, wow, that does not look good. You know, mm-hmm. it made me wonder if on heels they had, they didn't have anyone that could kind of be like a, uh, a quality assurance person, like don't, or, you know, or that, or finding if you're doing a move or something, like if if you have if it's a specific move or just some something random, doing what they can do best, right? Like, okay, we need to do a cross body off the top. Okay, well that's what we need to work on, you know? Yeah. Because we want to make sure that that looks as good as possible. So. Well, I'm pretty sure, and I I don't know, I can't say this for sure, but heels probably didn't have the likes of Chavo Guerrero to help the actors through the. I don't know. I don't know who they had. Um, I, I had heard they had stunt people, but I don't know if they're seasoned wrestlers, because I'm sure there's also an element of learning, you know, wrestling for a TV show, right? I know there's, you know, people in the business may not, not in the business may not know this. There's wrestling for TV and there's also live event wrestling mm-hmm. placement, how you perform things and things of that nature. But I don't know. And it wasn't always like that, but there was just a few things I thought like, Oh, that does not, that does not look right at all. Mm-hmm. It, to me, what the biggest thing, uh, we have a term in wrestling called happy feet. And happy feet, you don't see it a lot on TV, but it, when a guy first starts wrestling, he stomps his feet a lot. When he's, uh, when he's like, if you pull him into a headlock, he's like tapping his feet. If he runs the ropes, he's like taking like 50 steps to get there. <laughs> and it's hard to explain 
but that is what I was seeing on heels, like real clunky footwork. And it, there's a scene in the trailer of Zach Efron running the ropes. And then Daniel from Saturday morning rumble will mention this too. He's like, just seeing how good he ran the ropes is like, Oh, okay. Like they got some training because you do need that. I mean, wrestling is not like anything else. And yep. it, especially someone who may not be a fan coming into this, it's not an easy thing to pick up for sure. Yeah. Well, I mean, wrestling just isn't easy at all to even pick up. I mean, right? How, how many times did you take a body slam and your testicles are like, oh, what the hell is that? You know, they're oh, all the time. And like, I don't know how many times we had people come in who were fans who did want to be a wrestler, thought, oh, I want to do this. This looks awesome. Mm-hmm. They take their first bump and they kind of look at you like, holy shit, what did I just do? You know, yep. and that's kind of where that's that weeding out process of like, well, yeah this ain't for everyone and it's nothing there's no shame and if you want to like you know get up and be like okay let, let's uh, move on with our lives wrestling ain't for me but it's it's a physically demanding industry like mm-hmm. like any sport right i'm sure um you know i played baseball up to about 13 14 i have no business trying to hit a 95 mile an hour fastball with a wooden bat at the pros <laughs> you know like that's not going to happen so i certainly wouldn't try it's uh i don't know it's just one of those things where um that showcasing that like this is what it's supposed to look like but again i don't know the the filmmakers on heels maybe they didn't know what it was supposed to look like so that's how that got pulled in you know and like it didn't get looked at like wow that's horrible we need to fix that or or whatever it might have been and even like on uh ready to rumble (laughs) so me and Daniel recorded a Saturday morning rumble wheel today about ready to rumble spoilers. <laughs> and uh, there's a scene in there where Jimmy King's got DDP who is a legit wrestler, obviously in a headlock and he goes, you ready? And he gives him three fake punches toot, toot, toot. <laughs> and, and DDP's shooting him off ropes. He goes, good sound effect. <laughs> never, ever. would you say that you're never going to ask a guy if he's ready before you punch him. Like, uh-huh. It's just so many things about that are like, no, but in the same token, DDP shoots him off. And as he releases, he goes, give me tackle. That's so accurate (laughs) because that's exactly give me tackle. Like it's exactly how you would say it as you're, as you're shooting them off. So I don't know. It's, it's a little bit of both, I guess. Like there's some realistic elements, but then some non-realistic elements. So I do have a question for you, but, and then we'll move on to toys. But so I have, and people say I have selective hearing, but no, I actually have hard hearing. So sometimes I don't hear everything people say. How did you guys work through stuff if you didn't hear the spot that was being called, like while you had someone in a head on? Yeah. Like, how did you, what did you do? Like, he, you're running the ropes and he said, uh, tackle, but you heard, I didn't hear it. You heard him say something, but you didn't hear what it was well sometimes too you may hear it but you don't even process it right because sometimes that brain the brain takes a half a second or two to process what's being said and you know i don't know how many times i'm sure you've seen it both guys try to leapfrog the first one the one running jumps the one in the middle jumps they kind of hit each other yeah because you may hear leapfrog but you don't know who's who's doing who's doing what um the cardinal rule is if you get shot up to the ropes and you don't know what's happening to hold on, right? Hold on to the ropes, hook, hook the rope. And, and, you know, maybe the guy's going for a backdrop or he's going to hit you. That might create a little bit of space, but at least you're not putting yourself in danger. Uh, now, have I hit the ropes, heard something, and then had no idea what's going to happen? 100%. It happens. That's where you have to kind of have some 
experience and look how the guy's standing. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and kind of just hope like that you can figure it out before you get there. It's, oh, okay. it's, and that, that happens a lot, especially in Japan. You know how many times I got shot into the ropes and I, I heard something, had no clue what they said though. I'm like, Oh God. <laughs> like that, <laughs> most of the time you, I have to have an idea if I'm going to bump forwards or backwards. Oh, okay. You know, but it's kind of like, so if he's going to clothesline me, I can kind of see the arm coming back. Like, okay, he's going to clothesline me. Mm-hmm. Or I see the elbow come up. Okay, he's going to hit me with the back elbow. Sometimes you have to know stuff like that. And it's not easy. Not always. But, you know, it's it's one of those things where that's where experience comes in and, and things of that nature. I always, um, to me, when I wrestled someone green or someone not good, which is kind of hand in hand with someone being green, mm-hmm. I try not to give them a lot of space. Mm-hmm. In the sense of the further away we are, it was harder to communicate. So got it. it. I kept them in close. That way I could talk to them. And, and if I felt like and normally too, like um, Steve Austin actually talked about this on a podcast with the undertaker where undertaker called a spot, huh? Called it again. What? And then he just beat <laughs> him up. And it's kind of like, well, I gave you a shot, you know, yeah. you're not going to be able to hear me. You can't hear me. You can't process it. That's fine. I'm just going to beat you down. And, you know, I would give guys sometimes an opportunity or two if they I, I wrestled a kid one time who he had a good look to him, little arrogant. And I kind of thought, like, I don't think this guy knows what he's doing. He wants to do all this stuff and we're in a tag match. And I'm kind of like, dude, I don't you're doing it against my partner. I asked him, I was like, are you cool with this? He's like, yeah, I was like, whatever. That's fine. We get in the ring and like we lock up and he basically punches me in the face and lock up. Oh, so that tells me right away. This guy has never locked up before. So uh-huh. if he's never locked up before, he probably doesn't really know what he's doing. Right. And yeah. so he, um, so he does that. And I, I've never been one to just beat somebody up. That's never been my MO, mm-hmm. but I'm going to make it very difficult for you to, uh, <laughs> to get anything. Cause a, I'm going to protect myself. Right. And B, I'm going to protect you from yourself because clearly you don't know what you're doing. And, you know, there was an incident happened and oh, I know we're way off topic. But sorry, Chad. We're talking sorry, Chad. Wrestling here. <laughs> but, we got to get, get you on the show, dude. <laughs> so in Oklahoma, you have to be licensed to wrestle. Okay. And it's kind of a joke, but you have to have like a physical blood work and some type of proof that you know what you're doing, but that they don't really look into that. And uh, there was a, sh- a quote unquote show with these group of backyarders got a ring. They rented a gymnasium. They sold tickets, but all illegally because all that's supposed to be through the commission. They're supposed to get a cut of the tickets, the whole deal. They, they ran their own show and didn't include the commission. Well, a kid on that show takes a spine buster, breaks his neck and dies. Oh no. Yeah. Again, I go back to, to, you know what I was saying before wrestling is dangerous. If you don't know what you're doing. Right. You know, a spine buster I can take and give all day and never hurt anybody. But I think sometimes people think this stuff, oh, this is a joke. No one gets hurt. No, that's not true at all. People do get hurt, especially if you don't know what you're doing. So they crack down on Oklahoma real hardcore about, you know, like, which I'm like, we weren't breaking the rules. It was these guys. They were the ones that did it. Like they were the ones that, that lied and didn't have their proper documentation. But, but anyway, back to that kid. So when he punched me in the face, I, um, 
I, I was like, it, you know, it didn't, it didn't hit me hard, but it hit me right in the jaw. And I was like, mm. you know, kind of got mad. <laughs> right. I, I can, I can tell by the way he's locked up and how he's moving. He doesn't know what he's doing. So I did enough. I moved him around enough to see if I could trip him up, which I did because he doesn't know what he's doing. He doesn't know how to keep his feet out and took him down. And I just kind of rode him. I stayed on him mm-hmm. essentially. And by that, I, like, I just got heavy on him and put him in, in holds. And he kept wanting, he kept calling stuff. And I was like, stop, you're not getting anything. And I could tell he was getting mad, but I'm like, I don't trust you, pal. Mm-hmm. I'm going to do a little bit to you, but I'm going to keep you nice and tight. And I'm, and I'm not going to let you hurt me. And I'm not going to let you hurt yourself. Right. And, and the end, he ends up tagging back in with my, uh, my partner, what he wanted to do. This, the building had a low ceiling and had this bar. So apparently in his training that he had done, which I really question, yeah. he could jump up and hold on to this bar and he was wanting to drop an elbow from the bar on the ceiling. And I'm like, okay. whatever, I don't care. My partner is okay with it. That's fine. I'm going to be outside the ring. What he didn't factor in is that he'd be blown up because he was. Oh, So no. he jumps up to try to grab the bar and he misses, rolls his ankle. <gasps> then he decides, okay, Let's do a lion salt. So he goes to do a lion salt, doesn't know how to do one, lands right on top of his head. Oh no. Turns out he cracked his skull later. <gasps> and and upon landing, you know, because he landed on his head, he his knee went right into the guy I was teaming with's face, busted his lip up and stuff. So we get to the back. I'm like, you okay? And he's like, Yeah, I don't know what happened. I was like, I do. You're not a pro wrestler. That's what happened. Like, it's like, who trained you? It's like, how long have you been training? And he was like, well, I've been training for a little bit. And I was like, it doesn't look like it to me. It's like you, it's like the reason I gave you nothing, you could not lock up. Like you can tell so much about somebody by, by a lockup and he didn't have it. And so I knew right away, I'm like, if I try to let this kid bump me, he's going to hurt me. Right. And I was in the midst of going to Japan around that time. So I'm like, I'm not going to take bumps for him. You know, not that I wouldn't, I would do it. I would bump for anybody, but. You got to protect yourself. And so that was like one of the, that was one of the hardest matches I ever had to get through because I thought, I don't know. I sometimes sit there bracking my brain. Like, what can I do with this kid that where I won't hurt myself? So as we're going through things, I'm kind of seeing like, okay, he knows how to do a headlock. He knows how to do other stuff. But like, I was doing a lot of like shooting in the corner, having to move out of the way. Cause I always do stuff like that. Like I'll take my own turnbuckle. I don't have to rely on him to do it. Like, yeah trying to do stuff like that and it was not easy and it was not a good match by any stretch but i was very proud that we all made it through it for the most <laughs> part except for him which again i and he was like i didn't know what else to do so i did a lion's hole it's like how about a schoolboy? you know don't land on top of your head what are you thinking and yeah it was it was horrible and not surprisingly a few months later he was completely out of wrestling because he had no business to be there to begin with that's got to be brutal how come you like were you even tempted to give him a receipt for the punch to the face i well a bit, every fiber of my being wanted to light him up, but I, um, I was, I was so concerned of keeping him down because again, he had the happy feet and, and what people don't understand is like when someone's constantly moving, and you're trying to hold on to him. You know, it, it ruins your energy out too. Right. Cause you're trying to keep him steady, like stop moving. And so I'm trying to keep him down. I'm also trying to think of what to do with him. Mm-hmm. and keeping him in the corner and just you know kind of hitting him a little bit and and so I'm, I, I'm also having to ask him like hey can you do this hey can you do this and try to think of like okay 
if he gives me a cross body, like how badly could that go? Like I'm trying to like <laughs> do like risk assessment in my head and seeing like what he can pull off. But yeah, it was a, it was a, it was a scary situation. Interesting because I just actually watched a video today and I forgot about this video is from earlier this year. It was in new Japan and uh, this Japanese wrestler gets into the ring and Okada has somebody in a rear naked choke, uh, uh, not choke a uh, rear naked, a uh, kind of like a, a chin lock. Is that when he goes in, he just smacks the crap out of Okada. Well, he gives him two kicks. Excuse me. He gives him three kicks to the back, and then he takes his left leg and swings it and kicks Okada right in the face. I remember that. It was Kaiomiya. Yes. Yes. Yeah, and he was a young boy when I went to Noah. Oh, really? Yeah. We called okay. him Yelly because he yelled a lot when he would count. Do <laughs> it when they did his calisthenics. He yelled really loud, so we called him Yelly. And I remember, like a few months later, he's like beating Murafuji and Sagira, and I'm like, Yelly? Like, are you serious? <laughs> Yeah, that's yeah, when he became a big deal. Yeah, and then uh Okada, I guess, saw red. I guess because Yelly decided to drop his Barry Bonds and Willie Mays statue as well. Yep, that's he exactly saw, what happened. And he saw red. Now he got kicked in the face. And then Okada definitely gave him uh, a receipt, two receipts, three receipts. Anyways, he gave him some receipts. He gave him a CVS long receipt. <laughs> nice thank you <laughs> he uh, um i got that immediately is this necessary i just want a pack of gum <laughs> man all i wanted was just 20 ounce coke come on now <laughs> yeah i remember the first time i was in noah we did this show called they called it an sem show a sim show which was kind of like a small independent company that worked with noah mm-hmm. and we were booked on it and you know smaller crowd and not all the Noah guys were on it, but some of them were. Well, Kenta was on the card. Okay. And this young boy named, not young boy, he was working, but he was still new. And I think he came from another small promotion, which was common over there. Like they'd have like Michinoku pro guys would eventually start working for New Japan or Noah or something. He came from one of them and his name was Harada. And he got in there and like, he just started bitch slapping Kenta. Ooh. And... And then, like, they would separate him after Kenta beat the piss out of him. Then he'd, he'd run over and boot him in the corner. Like, and it, it didn't look, it, it looked a little stiff. Uh huh. And Kenta went and just beat the shit out of him. I mean, beat him so badly. And I'm watching it with Trevor. And, and he was like, hey, uh, you don't ever do that to Kenta. And I'm like, you think? Like, <laughs> of all people, like, holy crap. And this is like, you know, 2011 Kenta. This is when he was like, beating the crap out of dudes you know and so i was like holy crap so i don't know if it's one of those things where these young boys do this as like they're um to show that they're tough i'm not sure but yeah boy he uh he he got his hide tan pretty good by kenta that night just like uh kaiomiya did with okada oh man yeah kenta was a fierce sob before he went to wwe he was on yes. a he was on a different level. Watching like him and Joe and Ring of Honor and stuff, I was just mm-hmm. like, "Good lord!" Yeah, yeah. they might have they might have had a bruiser too. Yeah, I imagine so. Um, but anyway, back to toys. I uh, <laughs> I had this idea. Let me know what you think about this. I think it would be fun. Other than I think the uh, the scaling might be a little bit odd, but you know, Power Town. Obviously, um, I, I heard uh, that you ordered it. The new Carrie Von Eric. You um, heard about that, huh? <laughs> I think Scott put it in the group chat. He's like, yeah, me and Jeff got FOMO. We both ordered it. <laughs> <laughs> eh, fair enough. 
but you know, they're so if you guys listen to back to the fully posable show this past week it was scott started the show by saying if it's available by the end of the show because it's only limited to 2000 mm -hmm. scott said if it's available at the end of the show still available i'm gonna jump in on it to which i replied okay if you do that i'm gonna jump in on it so we can save shipping there you go to which about a third of the way through the show, we start getting text messages from our local friend Norm out here. And Norm's like, hey, Jeff, Carrie Von Eric is up. I'm going to order them. Can, do you guys want or do you want them? And we'll save on shipping. And that's when Scott and I pulled the trigger. and We bought the uh, Carrie Von Eric figures halfway through the show. It's a cool it's a good figure. I mean, it's incredible. It really and is. I can't say enough good things about Powertown. I think they look awesome. But this is an idea I had. I don't know if the rest of the Von Erich family is signed with Powertown. I hope they are mm -hmm. because really the Von Erichs, in my opinion, haven't been that well represented in figures. Um, I'm sure you remember the Legends line in the original time. Like the, I think the last wave had Carrie, Kevin, and the Texas Tornado. Correct. I remember when those were shown off, I thought it was Carrie, Kevin, and David. And I was Correct. so excited, yeah. but it ended up being just a Texas tornado. And I'm like, oh, I mean, that's cool too, but come on, you know, give me a, give me a David Von Eric. That'd have been amazing. Did you get those figures? I did. Yes. You did? Yes, I did. I got all three. Nice. See, I passed on Texas tornado and Harry, but picked up Kevin for a signing. Unfortunately, I did get, well, I shouldn't say unfortunately, I did get the figure signed. The unfortunate part was, is I got it in blue Sharpie and kind of like Michael J. Fox in Back to the Future 1, it begins to fade. Yeah, uh, that's unfortunate. Uh, uh, and again, dude. that's the only Kevin Von Eric figure we've ever had. Exactly. Um, so I think it would be cool if Powertown had the rights to do all of them. Mm -hmm. Fritz included, I think that'd be great. But how cool would this be as like a commemorative set? A two-pack where it's, you know, Kevin Von Eric and Zach Efron as Kevin Von Erich from the Iron Claw. Oh, getting celebrities in the lineup. It, it would be it would be tough to pull off, I feel like, because you probably have to have the rights to the movie mm -hmm. and the rights to the actor, plus, obviously, the Von Erichs themselves. But I don't feel like it's impossible. Funko does this all the time, right? So, Correct. So I think it would be kind of cool. Now, I think it would be interesting because if they do carry – with Jeremy Allen White, who played Carrie, they'd be like, you know, <laughs> way different sizes. But I think that'd be kind of a fun thing, you know, and it'd be a, a cool way to get all the Von Erichs um, in the line. Obviously, that'd be the third Carrie Von Erich figure. But I think in this case, that would be a really cool two pack for all these guys. Who was the cousin? Was that Lance? Lance Von Erich. Lance Von. Who's, who's played by MJF. Oh, that's right. That's right. That's right. Um, that's like Bo and Luke Duke. Their cousins were Lance and. Um... Oh my no, Vance and Koi? Koi and Vance. Isn't that when when uh, John Schneider and Tom Wopat left because of money? Yes. And they brought them in thinking like you guys aren't the draw, it's the it's the show. And then like, the ratings just dipped. And so they're like, okay, let's uh, let's bring them back. Yeah, Koi <laughs> and Vance what they want. Koi and Vance was quite terrible. Yeah. Did you ever watch uh, I know you're not a comic book guy? Did you ever watch Smallville? I okay, so I watched one episode, couldn't get into it and turned it off. But I know the premise regarding it. Yeah, um, well, John Schneider played his dad. Yep. And they did an episode where Tom Wopat was like a guest star. And I, can't, I think he was like a like a, a senator or something. Mm -hmm. And he got into some trouble, but they ended up, he's like, he picks up 
you know, Jonathan Kent, which is John Schneider, and they ride around the car. And he's like, the doors still don't work on this thing. And they had to climb through the window. I was like, that's <laughs> pretty cool, you know. See, I love that. I love when they do callbacks like that for, yeah. you know, because you know who Tom Wopat and uh, John Schneider are and where they came right. from. So to th- throw in that little bur- blurb, I think that's fantastic that TV shows will do that. That was literally when I first watched that show, that was the main thing. My mom was like, hey, that's one of the Dukes of Hazard," you know, because <laughs> that was such a popular show way back when. You know? Oh, yeah. That was a huge show back then. It was ridiculous and it was great. Doesn't hold up today, though, I'll say. Yeah, and I think it's a leave the memories alone type of thing. Hundred percent, hundred percent. No, but like I said, going back to the Iron Claw, we haven't seen any merchandise for this yet. Um, and Power Town, I you know they they're kind of going all over the place. Obviously, we're getting the Ultras, we're getting a second wave of that. We've had the Myers Cardona two pack, and we're getting the Remco Power Town uh, All Star wrestlers as well. So a lot of cool stuff happening. Uh, well, this might lead into what your next thing was. Uh, also sticking with Powertown, it sounds like Arn Anderson may have a deal with Powertown. Really? I didn't know that. So he was on his podcast and basically, long story long, he said he got he signed with Powertown. Wow. Yeah. Dude, I give me all the Arn Anderson figures. You know what I mean? Like, oh, yeah. hundred percent. So so we already know they have Tully like yep. that. That would be an amazing two pack. Um, I also know Warlord announced him and Barbarian are signed with Powertown. So powers of pain can happen. Mm-hmm. It would be foolish if they have not at least tried to sign the road warriors. I mean, come on. Yeah. I've, you know, they've tried to. Um, here's something I was going to bring up. I thought when they announced wave two, that's a pretty solid way. But as I started looking at it, I'm like, it's not as good as wave one. Like no. wave one had a lot of like, can't miss. I thought Carrie was can't miss. Magnum was can't miss. Brody was a hundred percent can't miss, and Hanson was a can't miss. Mm-hmm. Fez and Vern were interesting choices, but they are they are integral to wrestling history. Way too like Kamala and Junkyard Dog are really cool, but they've had some figures recently. Mm-hmm. Medusa's a, a fun first female, and then uh, you know uh, Wahoo McDaniel. I don't think's had a figure since what the Legends of Pro Wrestling from from figures toy company way back when yeah jack briscoe had a jack's classic and dory funk jr i can't even remember the last figure he had maybe the popey so (laughs) it sounds about right so i'm like okay that's fun but i'm like man i was really hoping to see the road warriors but i wonder if they're going to keep that two-pack trend that they did with myers and cardona and maybe do a road warriors two-pack um down the road or maybe a powers of pain two-pack or you know arn and tolly two-pack i mean that, that could be kind of fun too that's where i think they're going to go with it is arn and tolly uh powers of pain and i think more, well they, they also have the rock and roll express too right exactly so they have more names in the hopper for those two packs so and those are the guys we really want man those are mm-hmm. the powers of pain the rock and roll express especially in those ultra style oh man, yeah even the superstar style Give us a superstar style. I'll be all over those as well. Oh, but... for sure. I would love powers of pain as superstars. Mm-hmm. Um, I know demolition. I believe Axe owns that. And we've seen um, demolition show up in they're actually in that new ultra pro wrestling game. Mm-hmm. And they've signed with Chella or not Chella Epic toys. Now I think they signed with another company, didn't they to do figures? Uh... Oh yeah, they did. They big rubber guys. Oh yeah. 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 So I would love to see them show up in Powertown. I would love to see them in the Remco style. I think if they're able to pull off demolition, I think that'd be awesome. Um, so 
to me, sky's the limit for power town at this point. They have a lot of possibilities of a lot of cool stuff. They've got a lot of force behind them right now. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I, I felt like it was a long time between uh, series one and series two's announcement where it's mm-hmm. like, but I think they were working. They were just waiting on the right time. And obviously TNA is another thing. You know, TNA is, is a deal with power town. So like, who knows what we're going to see from that? I think that'll be really fun. Yeah. I do want to see some legends in the TNA line. Scott and I were talking about this amazing red. Oh, that's uh, a good one. AMW. They could probably do Jerry Lynn. Oh, Jerry Lynn would be fun. AMW definitely would be, uh, they were to me were a huge bright spot for early TNA. Mm-hmm. Those two and AJ Styles were like huge bright spots for early days of TNA. Um, Raven would be awesome. Yes, he was a big he was a big star for for TNA back way back when. Um, I, I know we mentioned Abyss last week, but he now works for WWE, not TNA. And, <laughs> Correct. Uh, I, I but I again we haven't had an Abyss figure since what the Toy Biz line. Toy maybe Biz. The, oh maybe wait, Jax. No, Jax, Jax did one. Yeah. But that Toy Biz Abyss figure was fantastic. Toy we we've mentioned this numerous times. Toy Biz was such an underrated line for the TNA line. For the WCW oh, yeah. line, those can those can go right next to the ET cartridges. But anyways, no, they definitely learned from their mistakes. And oh, big time. And when they when they came out with the the, the TNA Toy Biz, I remember thinking like oh, Toy Biz, uh-huh. uh, which is weird because I love the the Marvel stuff, but you know the wrestling didn't really hit. But man, honestly, most of those were all pretty good. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were, and on top of that, they were elites before elites. Yeah, they were. I mean, the same almost. I'm, I'm not gonna say all the same articulation, but it was pretty much damn near an elite before elites came out. Yeah, and their their figures were just to me they were all really really good. The problem I think for those was they were hard to find, mm-hmm. you know, a lot. But yeah, that could have been a really really fun line. Yeah, found where did you find most of those? Toys R Us for me. Uh, okay, I I think we were. No, we were Toys R Us 2 on those. I Well, I remember the first couple of waves I had a hard time finding. Um, and that's, you know, when it was like Jeff Hardy and Shark Boy and uh, Jeff Jarrett and and then eventually like Elix Skipper and Christopher Daniels and so on. And I don't think I ever saw the two packs, which was like Three Life Crew and America's yeah. Most Wanted and stuff. And then like, I think around Series 4, it was the, the the wave with like Rhino and Petey Williams mm-hmm. that showed up at Toys R Us. And then after that, they all showed up. Like I, mm-hmm. I started seeing all of them. And like I said, they were they were really good figures. I thought they were fantastic figures. It just, I didn't last, you know, was one yeah. of those things. I, I ended up uh, seeing a few at Target. Like I remember seeing the Kurt Angle at Target. That one did not look great. Um, <laughs> I think that was the last wave. It was like Kurt Angle, Senshi, which was low key and a couple of others. And they kind of just disappeared after that. Yeah. And then they they LJN'd us because we got remember we got Chase Stevens from the Naturals and Brother Devon from Team 3D. Yes, they never completed the tag team though. Oh, I know. Those two. I and you know what's funny is that I was such a huge fan of the Naturals. Yeah, they were awesome for they were like a homegrown team. Exactly, they were so good, man. And then uh, they were tag team champs. Unfortunately, Chris Candido had passed away after they had yep. just won the tag titles. Mm-hmm. But I mean, they were so good, man. Andy Douglas and Chase Stevens. Oh, I know. And, and that was what was crazy is because Chris Candido, I mean, I know he broke his leg and then blood clots and things happened like that, which was unfortunate. But like, how cool would that have been to get a Chris Candido in that line down the road? You know, like we yeah. got a lot of 
there was a lot of people featured in that line. Like Scott Steiner had a figure. Mm-hmm. Kevin Nash had a figure. Rhino got a figure. Like I mentioned before, the abyss was really cool, but that was like the first one of Bobby Roode, the first one of Eric Young, uh, Alex Shelley, Jay Lethal. A lot of these guys first time ever got figures. Yeah. Oh, Steve Ozer wanted to drop a bombshell on everybody on Christmas <laughs> Eve. A new retro rings coming out. Did not see that one coming. I, I Wow. It's so it's a red, white, it's got red, white, and blue ropes. It's a black ring with the different decals. It's got WWE logo and WrestleMania logo. Well, Wrestle, yeah. it says WrestleMania across the, mm-hmm. um, yeah, was not expecting that. Not at all. But I think it, you know, it's one of those things, as you know, with the retro ring, when that came out, like it didn't move real, real well. Right. And, and you know they didn't sell a ton of them but then they kind of got scarce and now they're like crazy expensive yes but people were buying them up for like seven bucks at kmart to make custom rings right Mm -hmm. which is kind of crazy to think so um i think this is long overdue i'm glad we're getting a retro ring yeah 100 percent, man i'm all here i'm all here for it i mean like you know a lot of people that missed out on that first ring now have a chance to get another ring well, you know, we have a group chat with me, you and Rad Chad. And I think he mentioned, like, I, I don't know if I necessarily need it. I have two other retro rings plus a Hasbro ring. And I'm like, no, I don't think so either. But I think it's great for people that didn't get one. Mm-hmm. And it's also different enough to where it's not a re-release. It's kind of like, to me, it's like the King of the Ring ring. You don't necessarily need it. You're right. If you don't have a Hasbro ring, this is a perfect way to get one. Yeah. Did you get that yellow King of the Ring? I never did. You never did? Never did. I wonder where Scott's got ours. That son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I remember seeing it one time, but um, I thought it looked really cool. It's like, wow, it's yellow. It didn't really make sense for it to be yellow, but I thought uh-huh. it was cool. I only saw it that one time, but in the course of my uh, Hasbro days, I actually had two Hasbro rings because the first one broke. <laughs> and so, you, Did you so do uh, War Games? One. No, it was so broken that it was like basically throw away like the oh, whole okay. post. I think the post broke off of it or something. Oh. So it was pretty much not usable, but yeah. Oh man. That would have been awesome to do war games though. Do sure. war games? Hell yeah, man. War we- games. Or you get three rings and you do battle bowl. <laughs> yeah. Or World War Three. <laughs> World War Three, exactly. <laughs> oh man. I remember when World War Three first happened. I thought this was gonna be the coolest thing ever. Uh-huh. My buddy orders one of the pay-per-views and I'm like, this is kind of sucks. You, know, like, <laughs> you can't even see anything, you know, it's all split screen. They just stuck on the hard cam for a wide shot. Most of the, most of the time. And you're like, what the hell's going on? It was so bad. Imagine like, cause I think when they did the singles matches, they, they basically were like, okay, they're in ring one, they're in ring two, they're in ring three. So imagine being on the far side and they're wrestling in ring one. You're like, you know, a hundred feet away. Like oh, right. that's stupid. Like yeah, not not the best idea. It did look cool from a from a wide shot, but like ultimately it didn't play out very well. I don't think. What was the pay per view that they ended up like taking tag teams and splitting them up, and then they were had to tag with another partner? That oh yeah, that was Battle Bowl. That was Battle Bowl. Okay, that was Battle Bowl. Yeah, it was, so it was called the Lethal Lottery. That one I thought had a cool story because you there's basically forty guys in Battle Bowl. To advance, you have to win your lethal lottery tag match. Right. So, of course, you know, some enemies are going to get paired up, some random yep. teams. And the the two winners go on to a two-ring battle royal. Yes. And so you have to be eliminated twice. You get eliminated once, you go to ring two, and then, and then the two winners essentially have a singles match. So 
like that was interesting because it's like you have to get along at least enough to win the match. Yes. So you can get to the battle royal. So it's like I always thought that was fun, but some of the matches like you know are just ridiculous to watch. Like on pay per view, I remember one was Mr. Wonderful Paul Orndorff and the Shockmaster versus <laughs> Lord Steven Regal and Ricky the Dragon Steamboat. It's like what is happening here? <laughs> <laughs> I actually love that because I remember Scott was like Scott had to go to work that night. And Scott's all, here's a notepad. Write down all the matches. You're going to write down all the matches, who teamed up, who who got paired together. Like, I need to know this. And so anyways, sure enough, I sat there, whole pay-per-view with a notepad, writing everything down. And Scott's like, okay, what happened here? And I was like, I don't remember. He's like, <laughs> what do you mean you don't remember? You just wrote down who teamed up. And I was like, yeah, that's what you told me to do. <laughs> You didn't tell me to write down the winners. Yeah. <laughs> Dang it, Jeff. <laughs> so how big of an idiot are you? I'm all like, big. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I think at that time, too, like you had to have a something on the pay-per-view that made people want to buy it, right? And I think if you look at back, you know, the Royal Rumble, obviously that match sells that one. Survivor Series had the team matches, which was fun. Fall Brawl War Games had the War Games match, which was fun. So you kind of almost needed some sort of gimmick, as it were, to to sell the show. Yep. And because not everything's WrestleMania, right? So it's like if you're going to skip one, why are you going to skip one? Well, we're not going to skip the Bunkhouse Stampede because that's a steel cage battle royal. We're not going to skip the Royal Rumble because that's awesome. So what are we going to actually watch? You know, or which one are we going to skip? Because not not everyone could order every single one. Yeah, we need that match with. Barry Darso and Dustin Rhodes in the back of a moving truck. King of the road match. King of the road match. <laughs> yeah. Everybody's getting fired. <laughs> Even Mike Graham for driving the truck. <laughs> oh man. Good, good times. Um, but yeah, the retro ring, um, I'm glad to see it back. And I feel like um, we're seeing a lot more retros now. I know wave five will be Hogan, uh, Wendy Richter, which I believe is our second ever female retro. Cause we've got China in this current DX way for at ringside, but yeah. And then Wendy Richter. Yep. Yeah. And uh, Muhammad Ali, which will be in the uh, referee gear and big John stud, which I think is kind of fun. So, yep. So for Christmas, I gave dad because dad was a huge Muhammad Ali fan. I gave dad one of the ultimate Muhammad Ali SDC exclusives. Nice. And he opens it up. And he reads the quotes on the front and the back. And he goes, I'm not opening this up. And he sets it to the side. And I was like, I knew I'm your son. I'm your son. (laughs) You're my dad. I'm your son. You know, we think alike. (laughs) Well, it is a really cool set. And it's one of those things for them to sign Ali. Obviously, we knew more figures would happen. Um, We were seeing the uh, Legends Elite figure. And uh, the rumor is he's in the Superstars line, the new one, and then the retro. But I think it's awesome, you know, mm-hmm. get get as much Ali as you can. I mean, they've obviously done that with, they've done well with Mr. T, like they've included Mr. T multiple times, so, mm-hmm. but why not? Yeah, so what I'll do is since dad's not going to open up the ultimate, I'm going to just give him the elite legends, because the whole plan was is, and if anybody knows our dad, basically he doesn't, unless he's going duck hunting, he doesn't get up from his chair. He just sits on YouTube all day. I, I don't know how he does it, but he does it. Anyways, the plan was is he was going to take the Muhammad Ali ultimate and put it on his computer. Well, now he's not even opening up the box. So I'm going to get him the elite legends and then he can open it up and put it on top of his computer. 
Oh, so you wanted him to open it, but he's like, yeah, I'm not opening this. I got gotcha. you. Yeah, because he he said the artwork and he loved the quote on it. And he's like, oh, I, it does look awesome. That's an awesome goes, set. He goes, I can't open this. And I was like, yeah, you can, Dad. It's okay to open it. He goes, nope, I'm not opening it. I was like, that's my dad. <laughs> Would have been better if you left it in the cardboard, but you know, I'll take this. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, what's funny is uh, before we started recording, you showed off that new uh, Cliff Burton Super 7 to me. Yes. So, you know, I do know with Super 7s, they actually come in a cardboard box, like a brown cardboard box. So I'm surprised you even opened it from that. Well, actually, I got it from BBTS. So it was a BBTS order. Oh, okay. so I didn't have that. So it just had the BBTS uh, box on it. So I was like, oh, okay, I know I ordered something from BBTS. I just can't remember what I ordered from BBTS. And yeah. when I popped it open, I saw Cliff Burton. I was like, oh, I thought I got this from Entertainment Earth or something like that or Super 7's website. Uh, but anyways, it showed up here and that's why I popped out. I popped it open and then it's got that plastic on the outside. I took that out. I took the plastic, ripped it off. And then I was, as we were talking, I was opening it up. And then that's when I showed you. It's, it's an amazing figure like super seven. I think I can see if people are like, yeah, I'm not into it. It's too expensive. I get it, but man, stuff they're putting out there is fantastic. Oh man. This cliff Burton is just, it's in the ride the lightning Matt, uh, yes. Metallica packaging. Uh, unfortunately it doesn't say Metallica, but they did the font to make it say Burton similar to what Metallica's font is. It's got the jean leather jacket kind of graphics. It's got a picture yeah. of Burton on the back and he's kind of showing off his rings on his left hand. Oh, so good. And it's everything that I wanted, man. It's an awesome figure. I hope, I hope we get more Metallica. I know this is kind of a separate thing, but man, that would be awesome to get all of them. Mm -hmm. I'm all here for it, man. I would love for them to do Jason Newstead. Yes. Uh, I, I'm hoping that that's next that they do go after Newstead because Newstead, to my knowledge, he still lives around here. He lives about oh, 40, he? he lives about 30, 40 minutes away. Um, so I'm hoping that Super Seven can get Jason Newstead, kind of like a tradition of uh, basis throughout Metallica. So it started with Burton, who's the best basis of all time. Uh, don't at me. I will go to my grave <laughs> saying Burton's the best of all time. But then go to Newstead, Metallica's second basis. That would be awesome because Newstead had this like head banging hair that used to whip. And if they could capture that look right there, dude, oh, chef's kiss. I remember around the time I was a uh, junior or senior in high school is when, is it Robert Trujillo? Is that his name? Trujillo. Yeah, Robert Trujillo. He's the one that replaced Newstead. Mm -hmm. And they were making that documentary and stuff. And they did that Metallica icon show. And mm -hmm. he was a part of it, even though he had just joined the band, you know, but yep. well, that's like been like 20 years now. So he's been <laughs> yeah. there a minute, but yeah, I'd love to see all of it. I think it's really cool. Yeah. And give us more music. I I'm all here for more music uh, icons. You know, you could do for sure. Vince Neil, you can do Brett Michaels. And, oh yeah. I mean, there's so many music icons you could, you could do throughout the years. I, I think Kiss would be awesome from Super 7. Wait, are you going to do their avatars or are you going to do? I haven't heard about that. So to kind of keep Kiss going, they're going to do this avatar type show. Instead of them actually playing, it's just going to be Kiss avatars. It's hard to explain. It's ridiculous, but it's a way for Kiss to keep making money. <laughs> Good on them, I guess. You know, I, I think some of them had, had a falling out with each other, so I don't know 
how that would all work. I think even now with toys that they're, they're never called like their name. It's like the demon, the star child. Star child. And, yep. Yeah. But regardless, I think super seven would knock it out of the park. So I think it'd be cool. Oh yeah. There's so many musicians that they could do. I mean, uh, even Tupac, I mean, they could do a Tupac figure. I mean, well, if they, oh, uh, yeah. if they obviously get the rights to him, but I mean, there's so many musicians throughout the years that they could do. I think this is a great jumping off point with Cliff Burton. This is, this figure is a home run. I'm just looking at it right now. Yeah. Man, this thing is a home run. I would love to see more. I think super seven's awesome. I've been opening up some of my super seven Ninja turtle figures. Ooh, I've had them for a minute. Ooh, why would you do that? Because that's what I do, Jeff, oh. just to make you cringe. But uh, I, it, I've had, I've, I've had a few of them for a while, but um, I was, you know, I talked to Travis Fowler and I was like, man, these Super 7 Turtles figures are really, really cool. And he's like, have you opened them yet? And I was like, no. And he goes, let me know if you do. I was like, okay. And so I opened Leonardo and I'm like, dude. He's like, right? I'm like, these are fantastic. It's it's almost like if they took a Playmates Turtle and modified it to a 7-inch scale Mm -hmm. and made it like an elite style. I'm like, it's like a near-perfect figure. And he's like, dude, they're so good. I'm like, man, I can't believe like playmates or some of these companies don't try to replicate this in some way because like this is fantastic it's just it's just really really cool so i'd love to see i i hope they continue i know they have a new wave up for pre-order so i hope they continue and make even more yeah a lot of cool stuff man a lot of cool stuff um there's one more okay so i have to bring this up just because i thought this was hilarious i was at walmart right before christmas and i always bring this up as something that i enjoy is when i get stopped in my tracks when I'm looking up and down the aisle and I see something that like stops me and I'm like, what is this? I don't know what it is. I need to know more. And I saw this little end cap on the side of the aisle and they were called fart ninjas. Have you seen these? No, <laughs> they were about this tall, maybe like two inches. And how it got my attention as I walked by and I heard, <laughs> I'm like, all right, who farted? <laughs> <laughs> and I and basically they are motion activated, I guess, where when you walk by them, you can set them to make fart noises. <laughs> and I just thought it was the funniest thing ever. They were only five dollars. And I was looking all and like they're basically ninjas. They have ninja names, but they all make fart noises. And I just thought that was so funny. I didn't buy any because I'm like, eh, I've got to, you know, wait till after Christmas. But for five bucks, it's like it's that's kind of a refreshing thing to see a toy that's cheap too, because we don't see that often. So to see a $5 toy, I was like, oh man, that is fantastic. What scale were they in? They were, I would say similar maybe to a Funko Pop without a lot of articulation. Okay. But about maybe two inches tall. Okay. Interesting. <laughs> yeah. It, it was something like, I noticed on the package it said Series 6. I'm like, what? They've had they made that <laughs> many of these things? They've made five series of fart ninjas? So this is a kind of an image of one oh. uh, I just pulled up on their website. So um, that's wise windbreaker and uh, <laughs> <laughs> he's from series seven. So there's, there's a lot of them. Um, I can't wait till yeah. they make, I can't wait till they make cut in the cheese. <laughs> so sorry. Uh, I'm sorry. <laughs> series one. We have a uh, dragon gas, <laughs> Kung Pai, you sensei smell dra- shadow ripper. Silent Samurai, That's Stink good. Foo, Warrior Burner, Windbreak Warrior. So, um, and he's kind of on all fours, hiking his leg up like a dog. So, um, where's high protein? Yeah. Where's high protein diet? 
Right. Yeah. I mean, they're just, they're ridiculous, man. I don't know. I didn't know anything about these. It's I'm looking through the other waves and it looks like they kind of reuse the same molds a few times, but I don't know. I've never seen something like this and just kind of made me kind of made me laugh. There was a line of toys a few years back called Buttheads that was also similar where they all they were like all these there was eight characters total two waves of four and each one of them had a, a their head was a butt notice like one of them was like king tut and his name was king butt and they you push the button and they made fart sounds so i don't know i guess toilet humor's back how long ago was that a couple of years maybe they must have gotten that idea from the South Park episode where a family had asses where their heads should be. So every time they talked, it was like brown. Probably so. That's where they had to have gotten it. I watched a lot of South Park. Sorry, dude. Oh, no. I, I mean, but I, I would imagine that's kind of where it came from because they they had like they had King Butt and then they had oh, man, they made a few of these. I think they still have them on Amazon, but. Uh, I remember me and Daniel Cross, we kind of just started talking about them. And he was like, have you seen Buttheads? And I was like, actually, I have. And uh, yeah, so there's uh, Tushy, who's a ninja. <laughs> there's, um, I don't see a whole lot of Buttheads on here anymore. But they, they made about eight of them, I think. I'm looking forward to Lack Toast. There's a Brain Fart, who is a zombie. I should name these things. Robot, who is a robot. <laughs> uh, the Grim Ripper. <laughs> uh, okay, King but he's a mummy. Grim Ripper's kind of funny, actually. <laughs> this is a good one. Uranus, which is an alien. <laughs> I mean, that just writes itself. <laughs> Sir Flush a lot, who's a knight. I mean, they're just ridiculous. But again, funny. I think stuff like that, like it's not going to be a line that's going to last forever, but it's very 90s. And right. Like, oh, okay. That's funny. Goes along with Beavis and Butthead type humor. Pretty much, yeah. So, which I, I know you're a big fan of, so I figured you could appreciate fart ninjas. Oh, so keep absolutely. a lookout at Walmart next time you're there. See if you spot some fart ninjas. I've I've been to, I go to regularly like two or three different WalMarts looking for different stuff. You know, always keeping an eye on superstars and stuff. Uh-huh. I've only seen these at one Walmart one time. So, okay. I don't know. All right. Um. By the way, also I guess there was some DC figures that came out that were based off of a a '70s cartoon. Do you happen to know about those? Uh, the, yeah, the uh, is it the New Adventures of Batman? New Adventures of Batman. So yeah, it's based off the cartoon from the seventies, correct? Yeah. So they put Joker and pink. Oh, no, sorry, Joker and purple, Riddler and pink, mm-hmm. and then it's your typical Batman and Robin from the seventies. And from what Scott was saying, these were voiced by Adam West and uh, oh, Burton, Burt Ward. Burt Ward. I've got Cliff Burton on the brain. But the voices were actually voiced by them. So I thought that was kind of interesting. So the figures look really cool. They kind of, if I, from the pictures I've seen, they look very similar to the DC uh, Justice League or Super Friends, whatever is on yeah, the like shelf. The, right? uh, yeah, the 66 Batman. Well, it's, it, is that what they're scaled like? It, that's what they look like they were scaled like to me, but I'm not sure. I thought they were scaled like the DC figures that you see at Walmart shelves right now. The ones that you and Travis raved about that were only 10 bucks. Oh, the superpowers. Superpowers. That's it. I think these, I believe these are six inch. I think they are scaled with the uh, 66 Batman, but I could be wrong. Okay. They had similar packaging. That's the only reason I, I thought that, but no, I thought these were really cool. I think sometimes with, uh, with, with McFarlane and me and Travis have talked about this, like they've done, the superpowers line is really cool, but they keep releasing the same characters. Right. And it's kind of like, 
2017 AJ Styles were like, okay, <laughs> we've got them. Like, give us somebody new, you know? And I think that's kind of what's happening. And uh, DC has such a wide array of characters. And I get it. Batman's your, your bread and butter, right? right. He's, your, he's your top guy. You got to release him, but it's like, okay, we've seen, we've seen that now. Give us somebody, give us somebody new. Like um, Travis, I don't know if we talked about this much yet, but I know Batman, the animated series, that line, they showed off uh, images for wave two, mm-hmm. which will have the Joker, Commissioner Gordon, the Riddler, and the character blind as a Batman. So apparently there was an episode of the show where Batman went blind and kind of created this mask where he could see sonar or something. And so his eyes were red. That's like really the only difference. And Travis is like, seriously, another freaking Batman. And I'm like, well, it makes sense. And they, they have to build the figure in there. So they know they're going to sell it because you're going to want to build the figure. So, yeah, but that's what they do, you know? Um, And apparently I guess one of the figures comes with Batmite. Yeah. I think it was a commissioner Gordon that came with that. That's right. And this is going back to the new adventures of Batman. Uh, Scott was talking about, oh, wait, they're in six inch scale. I just, yeah, I was thinking that they were, but, oh, okay. I, I apologize. Uh, I'm kind of going off what Scott was telling me, but anyways, um, yeah. So Scott was talking about Batmite and I guess in the cartoon, Batmite was this little shit, little character, but Scott wanted it. Like Scott wanted this thing back in the seventies. So he would always send mom to service merchandise to best to Toys R Us. Hey, do you know if there's a Batmite figure coming out? Hey, do you know if there's a Batmite figure coming? And they're probably looking at at, at her like, they, like, what are you talking about? Yeah, what the hell's a Batmite? <laughs> and so, uh, but finally, Scott got to a point where he was like, all right, mom, you can stop asking because I don't think this thing's coming. So for Scott, this has been like 40 years in the making then. Uh, 2024 or 2023 Scott is geeking out for 1970s Scott because he's been wanting this thing forever and a day. That's actually, I mean, it's really cool. Like it it was not a cartoon I ever really watched. Um, I remember watching the Adam West Batman reruns as -hmm. a kid. Mm -hmm. And I probably saw this cartoon, but I don't remember it. But then Batman, the animated series came out like 92 and I was about six or seven. And that was a huge thing for me. I loved that cartoon. So I was all about it. So again, I think it's whatever you're nostalgic for, you know, Um, here's a fun story that people will enjoy. I, uh, one of my local toy shops does, they, they order in from Hasbro. And so they get all the new Marvel legends, star Wars, et cetera. And they put out the, Hey, we got the new cry star Marvel legends. Oh. I had zero interest in that until like you and Steve and Scott were all geeking out about it. I'm like, okay, I got to get that now. <laughs> and, and again, I didn't realize Christ star was a Marvel character. Right. And so I went up and just picked that up and I was like, Oh, that's awesome. I got to get that. And I was talking to the guy that owns the shop. And I'm like, I didn't realize this was a Marvel character. And he goes, well, he goes, they did the comic, but I guess they got the rights to it. I'm like, well, that's really cool because, you know, Marvel did the G.I. Joe comic too, but they're not really with Marvel, right? And so anyway, so I was like, man, I'd be cool if they made the other characters. Well, if this does well, I don't know why they wouldn't, you know. Mm -hmm. I'm like, well, that's that's real stuff like that's fun. And so um, again, like Crystar is such a unique one of a kind thing, but like having him in the Marvel legends line, that's how cool is that? Like, that's awesome. Yeah. Now we just need mask toys. That's, you know what that's, if you think about the stuff that was popular way back when, is there anything besides mass that has not been redone? I mean, even Migos coming back around. Doing the Rolodex. I think mask is that last 
linked to our childhood that has not been done. I mean, that's got to be coming up, right? You would think, right? I mean, I don't know. Like, it just, it doesn't seem, I don't know. I don't know if there's an issue with it. It was a Mattel license, right? I think so. Yeah. So I don't, I don't know why it's not happening. I, and I've even heard rumors of a movie. So, you know, if they do a movie, they're going to re-release some stuff, but I don't know. Well, the, the thing was, is back in 2020 during San Diego comic-con, John Cena just Instagrammed a picture of mask. That was it. I remember that. And everybody lost their goddamn minds, me included. And everybody's like, they're coming out with a mask movie. John Cena is going to be the lead actor. He's going to, I think it Matt tracker was the uh, lead character in that. So everybody was like geeked up, but then nothing ever came of that. So I think we got all ourselves worked up into a frenzy without ever having anything substantial behind John Cena's post. Right. Which is unfortunate, you know, Mm -hmm. but hopefully I mean, Transformers is still going strong. GI Joe came around with a vengeance. Um, this, this like, like what, two or three years ago. Yeah. Marvel DC are both doing very well. Wrestling's doing huge. Power Rangers is seemingly doing well. Star Wars is, is bigger than ever. I feel like it's toy wise. I don't know. Like, Turtles has, has come back big. I mean, that's the last one, right? Yeah. I, I can't think of anything else that's like that was big in the 80s that has even Ghostbusters came back around. And even so, Smurfs, even Smurfs got some movies. There you go. So <laughs> I would love to see it happen. I would love to see it happen. Absolutely. Um, and I think mask toys, uh, the vintage ones are relatively expensive, are they not? Um, yeah, there's some good priced ones. And you know what's funny is our local toy shop has some mask toys so every time i go in and i see the mask toys like i see a lot of the old cars and the vehicles and i you just sit there and you just remember those times of just sitting indian style on your floor yeah you've got those vehicles in your hands and you're just you're you're driving it through the floor to go battle evil and stuff like that and it was it was amazing all right well um Anything else you want to add before we dive into? We haven't even talked about our main event yet. I don't think I even mentioned it in the opening. Whoops. <laughs> That's all right. Um, Yo, Adrian, we did it. Oh, wait. What song was I singing? No, it's the same song. It's just different parts of it. Oh, okay. But no, we're talking Rocky. That will be our main event tonight. Before we dive into that full on, like, were you were you into these figures? Like, what did, what was your thoughts when these when these uh, were announced? Because to me, the fact that they were in scale with wrestling figures was huge. I wanted them. I really, really wanted them. Unfortunately, uh, as I mentioned, I think I mentioned last week, I didn't get them. Reason being is because they were coming out right as I lost my job, and I couldn't afford any extra lines. I at certain points I could barely even for wrestling, but at the same time. I was able to pick up wrestling stuff and then that was it. Maybe a onesie twosie here little yeah. item, but mainly I had to stick to wrestling and wrestling only. So uh I wanted the Rocky figures. It just never came to be that I purchased the Rocky figures. I uh I I wasn't really I, I was saving up for wrestling school around this time, uh-huh. 2006, 2007. And so I wasn't buying a ton of stuff. So I never actually ended up buying these, but I always thought that they were cool. And uh-huh. 
it was just one of those things where um, there was there was so much happening um, toy wise at this time. Like I was I was kind of gotten into Marvel Legends too, so you know certain things kind of had to take a back seat because um, you can't you can't collect everything. You can't. Why not? Unfortunately, you cannot. Boy, That's, I wish you could. Yeah, same here. Same here. I'm um, going through these, dude. I had no idea they made this many figures. Yeah, you're going to be uh, talking about quite a few of these. Yeah, so series one, which um, I didn't realize this either. Each series is basically based off of that movie. So Rocky series one is from Rocky one, which makes sense. Mm -hmm. And um, we start off with uh, Adrian. Of course, you had to have Adrian, right? Rocky's girlfriend, eventually her, his wife. Yep. Um. Again, like that, that was kind of the the weird thing about these is like these didn't really feel like action figures. They felt like a collect, like legit collectibles, I guess. Does that, that make sense? Like it wasn't like, it wasn't like, it was like the whole Rocky universe in toys. It was the ruthless aggression bodies. Wasn't it breaker? <laughs> yeah. I don't know. It's just something about these. I was just like, I don't know. But <laughs> again, they, they were cool. And, uh, and Adrian obviously was a huge part of, the Rocky franchise as uh, his girlfriend, eventually, like you said, his wife. Yeah. As the, as the line moved on. Um, next up, we got Apollo Creed and we actually got um, a couple of different versions of Apollo Creed. We got um, the, you know, the American flag trunks, which he mm -hmm. was to me, that was what I was. I always remember Apollo Creed as the most like mm -hmm. American flag gear. But then we also got him as a, a battle damaged variant, which I thought was kind of fun. <laughs> battle damaged mean Ivan Drago murdered him. Well, not quite yet, but this is <laughs> that, that's coming up later. End of end of life, Apollo Creed. <laughs> yes, yes. I, I still bothers me that he died in that movie. Like, it seems so unnecessary. Well, that was one movie death. You're just like, no, like, no, this isn't supposed to happen. You know, there's so many things in our childhood that you know you you keep thinking in your head that wasn't supposed to happen that's not supposed to happen the one yeah. that always got me was um when the ewok died in star wars when it was on the scooter and it hit the tree and yeah it exploded and i was like is that ewok okay mom and she goes no it isn't, <laughs> i'm like damn it <laughs> it's it's one of those where i as as the time goes on i kind of wonder like wonder what they what stallone did to carl weathers to convince him to sign on for a movie what he's gonna die in the first 10 15 minutes of it you know yeah. like i i mean i guess that's the whole crux for rocky fighting him but it's like man that kind of sucks you know not the best way to go yeah that's uh that's that's to come with rocky series four i'm sure <laughs> uh, also kind of a surprise one um joe frazier got a figure yeah what did he do i don't remember him from the movie i'm wondering if maybe he had a cameo in the movie would be my guess, but I don't know. I don't remember him at all on Rocky, but I haven't watched Rocky in a very long time either. Yep. We have Joe Frazier. And then of course the big piece of meat <laughs> that, that Rocky spars with. Um, if I remember right, this was actually going to be like its own. It's a, it's a, like an accessory, but I think it was so big. They actually released it as its own. Yeah. Slap of meat. Like what? Like <laughs> you released a, a slab of meat like what are you doing that, that was so weird that was it was so random and you know what's funny is it 
was so people were making fun of it so bad that people actually wanted it. Yeah. Like it became its own like living thing. Like people were like, that's so ridiculous, but I want it. And people bought it, but for what a slab of meat? No. What are they? What are they going to put it on their Flintstones car, where the car tips over? <laughs> you know, like in the beginning of the Flintstones. Come on now. Well, I mean, we, we did get uh, a figure that it goes with, which I'll get to here in a second. But uh, you already mentioned Mick. We got Mick the trainer. Yep. AKA Burgess Meredith. Fun fact: He played the um, the penguin in the 1966 Batman. Oh, that was him. Yeah, that was him. Oh, nice. I didn't know that. Um, Mick, obviously, he was a huge fixture of the first couple of rocky films sure was as we all know sure was uh we got paulie the brother-in-law adrian's brother um again another very instrumental character for all the rocky films yep gotta have gotta have paulie and then um now we obviously have our rocky figures we got we got several rockies we got um the first fight rocky so he's actually this one actually comes in his robe his boxing gear pretty good likeness to stallone Mm-hmm. And then we also got battle damaged Rocky. So I guess if you display them with your Apollo, you could do the battle damaged versions, which is cool. We got the blood splatter and, and you know, the, the face swelling and stuff. We also got training Rocky, which is like the gray sweats. And he, if you look here, it looks like he's got bloody knuckles from him punching the meat. Oh which yeah. Is kinda, that, which, that, that, which is kind of fun. Yeah, that is true. So I think the meat was supposed to come with this figure, but I guess the price point was just too much. Maybe I don't know, and that didn't end up happening. And then we got a uh, working Rocky, which is kind of basically street clothes Rocky, right? So we got the black pants, uh, got the fedora there, the black leather jacket, um, and then uh, oddly enough, just a random one they threw in Spider Rico, who I believe <laughs> he was fighting in the beginning of the film, right? Um, I mean, it's an interesting line, man. Like this is. Jax was doing some some pretty wild stuff. And, you know, this Rocky line, I think when this happened, I didn't expect it to go like this deep. When, when they announced this, I thought we would get Rocky, Apollo, Clubber Lang, Ivan Drago, like the boxers. I didn't expect it to be a full line of characters. Right. Did they make the robot? Yeah, they did. It was an exclusive, but they did. Yeah. That was also part of that 30 for 30 spoof. Yes, where he, where he goes. Yeah, he wanted to just be at home with his his wife, his kids, and even his robot. <laughs> yeah, um, they they really went pretty deep into the line. They even made Thunderlips, I believe, in Wave Three. Uh huh. Which is actually a pretty sought after figure because you know it's Hulk Hogan and stuff. Um, what was weird about this, and I don't know the specifics, but when they signed Mr. T to do Clubber Lang, I thought, oh we'll get a classic superstars, Mr. T. Mm-hmm. And we never did. Mm-hmm. And I always thought that was weird because that was the same company. So I don't know if there was a, if WWE was standing in the way of that. I mean, they signed a lot of people WWE did not have good relationships with. So I never knew of them having heat with Mr. T, but I, I never got that. No, I didn't either. I thought, I thought that was going to open up the, I guess you could use a wrestling term, the forbidden door, yeah. you know, to have that come over and stuff like have that splice over, but it never did. Well, and also, too, I think they ended up doing a couple of best of Rocky waves when they released like some random characters, one of them being Mike Tyson. Yes. And again, I thought, oh, how cool to get Mike Tyson classic superstars like, you know, Austin 316 shirt, DX shirt. There, there's so many versions of Tyson they could do from his WWE run that never happened. Again, yep. I just I never understood that. Yep. So I was looking up some 
eBay prices, just to kind of, I was just kind of curious. Uh, Jack Pacific Rocky Series One, uh, Spider Rico Ivan Drago action figure Series One unopened, uh, one hundred twenty dollars sold on December twenty fifth on Christmas. Is this a, a two pack or like two separate it, singles? It, two, two separate singles. That's not terrible, I guess. Sixty bucks each, you know, if you want to divide it in half. If you want to add inflation in, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, a loose smoking Joe Frazier boxing champion, nineteen seventy six Rocky Series one, uh, sold for eighteen bucks. Not terrible. Paulie and the slab of meat, both mint on card, sold December twenty fourth on Christmas Eve for one hundred twenty bucks. Wow, that's crazy. Mick sold for sixty six ninety four on December twenty second. Okay. So I'd have to go onto a different website, but there uh there is a battle damaged uh end of life Apollo Creed. Is it uh, really? The seller wanted to sell it for $79.99. It's got a line through, which means he accepted a lower deal that sold on December 21st. I don't wow. I'd have to go onto a different website, and that website I use is called 130point.com. So if you ever go onto eBay and you see a line through it that means that the seller accepted another offer from a somebody that wanted to buy it what you can do is you can go on to 130 point search ebay sales type in what you're looking for and it will bring up what the seller accepted the offer so hmm. if you guys ever have every you guys ever get that curious bug of what someone paid for it there you go interesting um yeah i think i think these are great i know this is like the most complete Rocky collection we probably will ever get. Yep. Um, and I felt like once these were done, it was kind of like, well, that's it. They even made rings. They even made a, uh, an elite, not an elite, but like a uh, real scale ring. I remember, which mm-hmm. I thought was awesome. Mm-hmm. So they, they, they really went all in on this line. They also had a Rocky video game for PlayStation two. Did you ever play that? I don't know if you're no, a I big never... into games. But it was probably one of the weirdest games I've ever played because you basically are playing through the movies. Okay. And, and um, like, you, you see Apollo Creed, like, okay, I'll, I'll fight the Italian Stallion. That's what we'll do. We'll make it a big deal. You know, you know Apollo Creed versus the Italian Stallion. Well, and, you know, in the first movie, Rocky doesn't win. Mm-hmm. Well, in the game, I won the fight, but they act like I didn't. Like, as the story, <laughs> it's, it was super weird. I was like, oh, that didn't. <laughs> good try good try didn't work <laughs> d minus for effort yeah it's just one of those weird things but it was kind of fun to get a, a rocky video game so not too many complaints on that um but yeah this is kind of a fun interesting line you know to dive into and uh um not one i would probably go back and collect because of the price point but it right. is kind of fun it is kind of fun if the price point was a little bit lower, I'd probably be like, oh, okay, you know, maybe we could do something here. But they actually have some of these figures at our local vintage toy shop out here. Oh, do they? But they it's like the random ones. It's like um, uh, Mick, which makes yeah. it, like you said, Mick was such a pivotal part of the first couple of Rocky movies. Right. But at the same time, it's like you want Drago, you want, you know, yeah. you, you want end of life Apollo Creed, you know? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's it's one of those things where you obviously want Rocky. You want the guys he's fighting. Yep. You don't necessarily need Spider Rico, but it is kind of fun to have. So it's kind of one of those. Well, it's like, eh, I don't necessarily need all those, but that is kind of fun. That's like Super 7 making end of life Optimus Prime where he's all gray. It's like, come on. Yeah, that's, that was a weird one. Yeah, that's, that's still kind of sticks in the heart a little bit. Come on now. 
one of the worst decisions ever, according to many, many people. So, oh man, and it was a bloodbath within the first twenty minutes. Breaker. Oh I, yeah, I actually was at a Walmart tonight, and they had that movie on Blu-ray. You can buy if you you know so desire to torture yourself. Did you buy it? No, I did not. <laughs> I did not. <laughs> but it was cool to see it. Like, oh, Transformers the movie from like '86. That's fun. <laughs> so uh, for next week, I wrote this down. And I want to have Travis Fowler join us. So I, I need to hit him up and be like, hey, you need to do this. Um, because I feel like he needs to finish this one out. Um, and what I wrote down was DC Superpower Series 3. Because that's like one of his all-time favorite lines as a kid. And that will actually be the last wave of DC Superpowers until it relaunched you know, a few years back or about a year or so ago. Okay. So, so if we can get Travis on, that's what we'll cover. But I am if we're not able to get him, we may have to pivot to another another toy. So we need to we need to come up with a backup. So if we can't do that, I'm proposing a couple of choices to you. Okay. Um, one of them would be Real Ghostbusters Series Two, or how about another fun one, Play Doh? Which one do you think? Let's. Uh, man, I have memories with both these. Uh, let's go with the real Ghostbusters. Real Ghostbusters. So, if we're able to get Travis on the show, we will cover superpowers. If not, we'll dive into Ghostbusters, and um, whichever way, we'll try to throw the other one on uh, a little bit down the road. So that will they'll both be coming up eventually, just maybe not right away. Was Plato in the Toy Hall of Fame? It had to be right. If a stick so. was in there. That's- sand sand was in there breaker sand stick (laughs) um yeah i don't know um play-doh is still around to this day which is pretty impressive Mm -hmm. um i uh i joked with my sister that i was going to get my new little niece some play-doh when she sold it over she's like don't you freaking dare (laughs) because play-doh was not the cleanest toy as we all know not even remotely close um yeah, I it was weird is like when you got it, um, you know, if like say you had a can of, of blue play-doh, mm-hmm. you open it up, the can's full of play-doh. Mm-hmm. You play with it a little bit, put it back, and it's like half full. And you're like, where did that all go? Play with yeah. it again, and like it's like a little less. So it's like it's like I guess it just like evaporates over. Yeah, it evaporates. Over <laughs> Something, I don't know. But yeah, that was uh that was always one of those things. My mom's like, we're not doing freaking Play-Doh. No way. That's too messy. Too messy. So and if I ever, if I ever talked her into it, she was like, you play with it outside on the deck. You don't play with it in, in the house. Like, okay. I won't. And then, you know, I ended up making it a mess and I was like, no more Play-Doh. <laughs> so at the end of Fully Posable, I always ask Scott to take some guesses of what you and I talked about on TV Toycast. Oh, nice. So Scott, brought up a couple ones and I said I was like I actually don't know if Breaker and Travis talked about these. One of the ones he brought up was uh the paddle with the ball and you just kind oh, of Oh, that's did. a good one. Yeah. So we we've we've touched on like um like toys you get like at an arcade like to, for tickets. Uh-huh. And that kind of covers that a little bit, you know, like the friendship bracelets and the uh paddle ball and you know maybe jacks or marbles um because it's hard to dedicate an entire episode to something like that because it's so it's so you know there's not much to to, to dive into but um or i i oftentimes call them like dollar store toys like mm-hmm. 
you can buy a paddle ball at the dollar store for a buck or something. Now it's yeah. probably like $7, but you know, back yeah. in the day it was a dollar, but no, that's not one we've actually dove into that I can recall, but um, we've also talked about like carnival toys mm-hmm. or fair toys, which, you know, could be stink bombs, fart spray, mm-hmm. um, silly string, you know, there's so many weird things. And another one that was brought up during that talk. And I remember seeing these at like the, at the circus, I don't know if you remember, it was like an ice cream cone, but the ball, the ice cream part was foam and you could shoot it out. Like, mm-hmm. remember those? Yep, sure do. So random, so random. <laughs> yeah. like we both remembered them. Like, wow, how weird. Um, it was funny you brought up the, uh, uh, not the fart spray, but the stink bomb. So I don't know if you guys did this in high school, but what they would do is somebody would throw a stink bomb down the hall and it would be during the middle of class. And the smell would just waft into. Oh yeah. Like straight up sulfur, like that rotten egg smell. So I remember one of our teachers, we all picked it up almost immediately. We were in, we were in um, uh, economics class. We were sitting there and all of us just picked it up immediately. Like, Oh man, somebody threw a stink bomb. The teacher went to shut the door, but as he shuts the door or as he's shutting the door, he looks down the hall and he sees the kid running off. The teacher was so pissed. He took off after the kid. Oh, teacher never came back. So like the bells ringing, we're like, I guess we can go. <laughs> we don't know. We, he ended up, I think he caught the kid and got him suspended for like two days. He was so pissed. And he went to that. Oh principal. yeah. He was, he was, he went to that principal. It was like, suspend the student. Don't ever do that again. Well, you know, I think the thing is too, with something like that, as you know, usually if, it happens once it's going to happen again. Yeah. Um, I, uh, have I ever told you my fart spray stories? No, <laughs> I I've got a few. So one of my favorites, uh, and I didn't get in trouble for this one, luckily, but well, I have two, I'll tell you the first one first. So I, I was in ninth grade. I was in a U.S. government class Okay. and it was like f- my second to last class period. And I'm showing everybody to check out what I got at the fair. I got fart spray and everyone's like, Oh dude, let me see it. Like here, take a whiff. Oh God, that's awful. You know, like everyone, <laughs> every boy is going to smell something bad, right? We're all going to do it. Like, Oh God, that's awful. You know, like, right, smell, right. Oh, that's horrible. You know? <laughs> and so this one kid's like, dude, let me see it. Let me see it. Let me see it. And I'm like, no, 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 no. Exciting. It, it was ripe. I mean, it was nasty. Uh-huh. It didn't really smell like a fart. It just smelled like just nasty. Yeah. 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 So we're in the class and he's like, let me just see it. Let me see it. And <laughs> pulls it out of my hand. Oh no. And hands it back to me. I'm like, oh my God. And I knew because it was bad. I'm talking, you do a little and you yeah. can smell it for a while. And I'm like, oh my God. And so he hands it back to me. The bell rings. And it's a Friday. So I just like haul out of the class. <laughs> and um the next class period I had was in the same hall, but down a few doors. Uh-huh. And um we all had like different jobs in that class, and mine was at this time to do the attendance. So what you do for attendance is you'd fill out the sheet and like circle someone's absent. And then there was a little uh, tray outside the door. You drop it in. Yep. Oh yeah. Open the door, set it in there. So I do that and I look and that entire class is standing outside in the hall. And I'm like, (laughs) Oh no, I'm in so much trouble. So I didn't say anything. The next Monday, the teacher pulls me aside. So I heard you uh, had some bad smelling spray. And I, I just came clean. I was like, I'm sorry. It was mine. I didn't spray it. Someone grabbed it from me and sprayed it. And 
She's like, okay, don't bring it back. No problem. We'll never bring it back to school. And uh, so I didn't really get in trouble. But the next year when I was a sophomore, <laughs> a kid I went to school with who would do anything. And so we had off-campus lunch. And there's like this ramp you would walk up. And then there's a set of doors, this area, and then another set of doors. Mm-hmm. And so I couldn't drive yet because it was a few years before, or a few months before my birthday. So me and all the loser sophomores were, uh, you know, eating at the cafeteria or the snack bar that they had there. So he takes this can of sp- fart spray. He walks up and down this area in between the two doors, right? Oh, like, no. For probably 30 seconds, a long time. And so we're all standing back by the drinking fountain, like, like we're talking. Uh-huh. We're watching people all walk in like, yeah, yeah, I'll have you. This is the open door. Just like. <laughs> 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 their look of just sheer dread hit their face like what is that smell <laughs> oh. it was so funny because we sat there like the whole lunch period just cracking up laughing because people will come in walking in they're laughing and joking and then it's also this <gasps> what is that smell? <laughs> their whole demeanor changed it was fantastic and of course that one was good because no one knew we did it, you know. Oh man! But yeah, it smelled like a freaking dead animal. It was horrible. Well, well, the bad thing about fart spray is, is you can spray it, but if you walk through it, like you felt oh, that, yeah. or, like it was ingrained into your nostrils for like the rest oh, of yeah. the day. Like there was no getting it out. I got so mad at my sister one time. She, she was like, I think I, I we were headed to school and she was trying to wake me up. And I was like, yeah, I was a guy. I didn't take me as long to get ready as I did her. She's like, got to get up, got to ready for school. And I'm like, oh, let me sleep. I'm tired. Uh-huh. So she took a can of fart spray and sprayed it in my room. Oh, oh no. I was, I was so mad because, you know, I, I'm sitting there asleep and all of a sudden I'm like, what is that smell? And I realized what she had done. Oh, I was so mad. And so I had all my doors open. And I got home from school and I could still smell it in there. Oh, no, dude. Oh, I was so ticked. Oh, gross. Yeah, it was bad. It was oh. really bad. You'd rather have her drop a Willie Mays or Barry Bond statue than spray that. <laughs> <laughs> well, that wouldn't be good either. But yeah, I was just like, oh, that's horrible. So oh, nasty. man, that's disgusting. Good old fart spray. <laughs> So to answer your long your question in a very long-winded way, we we have dove into some of that, but not not all of it. I initially my idea was was definitely going to be like um you know uh action figure lines. But then when we dipped into like the Viewmaster and board games, those were kind of fun too. So mm-hmm. um I, I don't limit any of that stuff. I think it's fun to dive into to different toys like that because they are part of toy history you know i'm not going to talk about a stick but you know (laughs) well scott Scott also brought up because scott will start guessing random stuff that we talked about obviously is way far off base of what we actually talked about sure um but he also brought up uh etch-a-sketch that would be a fun one yeah that would be a fun one to go over i was like oh that's actually a good call dude he goes see sometimes i have good ideas magna doodle was uh pretty big in the 90s you know like that's a Mega blocks, that yeah. I mean, we. I don't think we've even dove into Lego. Um, to me, initially, it was really important to dive into stuff that we didn't know a lot about, but that has become hard because, like, me and Steve Hoker did an episode on Star Trek: The Next Generation, and we know nothing about Star Trek. So that was like really hard because I'm like, I have no idea. I know nothing about Star Trek. So, and he didn't either. So that was kind of hard to dive into, right? Um, 
so I, I mean, I try to stick with stuff that I'm at least somewhat familiar with, but you know, I think you know, like a, a line like Crystar, which would be a fun one to dive into because it's it's a it's a simple one line. There was also like a barbarian line that Remco did. Mm-hmm. They actually talk; they show it in the toys that made us when they talk about the AWA Remcos. Mm-hmm. Like Remco had an answer for everything, and they show one because it was like essentially a knockoff of Masters. So I think a lot of that stuff would be fun. I know Remco had a because uh, I had these as a kid. I looked them up later. It was a line of GI Joe scaled wrestlers. They were pro wrestlers, but they were like GI Joe scale. Mm-hmm. And I remember having like a set of three of them. And I thought they were awesome. Like I would love to dive into those. Like there's so many things I would like to dive into. It's just you know trying to cover as much as you can there's a lot you know oh yeah there's there's quite a few toys that have gone on over the years and like honestly too like i think even now like covering some of the stuff that's come out in the last couple of years is fun you know so yeah there's there's a lot to dive into i mean there's we have yet to really scratch the surface but um every now and then i'll see a new line that i don't remember or like a line not new a line that happened years ago that i have no memory of whatsoever and i'm like that is awesome we got to talk about that you know so it always changes. It's fun though. It is. It's a lot of fun to go over these. Now I'm looking at Rocky figures and I'm like, nope, 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 nope. Back away. Yeah. Back away. <laughs> it's tough, man. And I think for me, um, when I saw these, I think what got me away from them was I wanted, and I could be wrong, but around this time was they were doing classic superstars. Mm-hmm. And I think some of these were like one or two per case or one for every other case. Mm-hmm. I think some of them were chase figures. And I think that's what got me out of it. Cause I'm like, Mm-mm. like that's going to be too hard to collect. Not getting involved in those. Well, I didn't want to have to get on eBay and spend 40 bucks on Mick or Polly because they, they weren't regular releases. And that that's always driven me nuts about collect- collecting because uh, toy biz was doing Marvel legends at the time, which we've covered a few of. And they started doing that too around this time. And it was like, Oh, that's so frustrating. Cause like the main, wave would be four to five figures that's easy but then there's a chase that is you know going for 70 bucks on ebay and i'm like oh i don't want you know it was just hard to try to not that you need to be a completionist but it was hard to try to collect them all and so uh, to me i think I, i think that's where it's it's bad where as opposed to all right i'll pick and choose it's like i just don't want to collect them at all you know and i, yeah. I don't think that's that's the best thing for collectors i think kind of like the the power town carry von eric that's fine it's limited to 2000 pieces. So you need to act quickly, but mm-hmm. other than that, anyone can get it. And I think that that's perfect, perfectly fair. Actually, let's check and see if it's still available. We, we were checking on December 21st. Looks like it is to me still available. Huh? Yeah. Well then I was wrong because I was saying that he was going to be gone by the time the movie came out. Yeah. You can still add a cart. Yep. It's still there. Um, I mean, again, 2000 is quite a bit though. I mean, that's, that's a lot of pieces. I was going to say a lot of these retro companies, um, some of them have only done 800 pieces or 500 pieces. So 2000 is quite a few. So, uh, you know, that being said, if you really want it, I wouldn't wait. So before we wrap up, though, to kind of put a bow on it, we'll talk Power Town. Do you plan to order any of the Series 2 Ultras when those, when those go for pre-order? Yeah, definitely getting Junkyard Dog. Um, on the fence about Wahoo. Mm-hmm. Um, as of right now, definite it's going to definitely be junkyard dog. That's a hundred for sure. That's a hundred percent for sure. Everybody else is kind of a wait and see. Let's see if I get the FOMO. Let's see if I don't um, also with their Remco's style figures that are coming out. I'm also interested in those. So, you, too. you know, I got to save up for those. 
it's a lot, man. I mean, I think it kind of depends on what's out at the moment and how much extra cash you have, right? Yeah, it's it's going to be a lot of picking and choosing. You know what I mean? Yeah, you have to. Um, I think the Remco's hit me a little harder than the uh, than the Ultras do, but I still want the Ultras. Those are really cool. Yeah, but I'm like you. I uh, I think I'm going to get Dory and Jack because I feel like that's like wrestling history, mm-hmm. and you know jyd wahoo junk and uh kamala i don't know medusa again i'd like to see it i'm not sure so and also too i don't want to get medusa if i don't see any other female figures you know i mean i want to make sure that whole roster is going to be you know a good roster of characters to get see kamala's another one that i'm on the fence about and i'll tell you why because mattel has done such a good job on kamala right that it's one of those do i really need another kamala now maybe you need it right exactly now, when they show off the renderings and they actually show off the prototypes and everything like that, okay, we'll see where I'm at. But how are they going to top the previous Kamalas that have come out from Mattel? That's no. that's the big question mark. Can they even top it? I mean, how do you differentiate this Kamala from Mattel's? That's going to be the interesting uh, point on if I pull the trigger on getting Kamala or not. No, that's a fair, that's a fair point. Um, I'm, I'm excited to see it. I think it'll be, I think it'll be fun and I'm, I'm glad a second wave's happening. Um, I'm excited for the TNA line. I'm excited for more reveals of the, of uh, the, uh, excuse me, of the uh, Remco all-star wrestlers. So power town's got some cool stuff happening for sure. Hell yeah, they do. All right. Well, that pretty much wraps up this edition of the TV toy cast next week. If we get Travis on, we'll be covering BC superpowers. If not, we'll dive into some real Ghostbusters. Either way, it should be a lot of fun. Uh, thank you guys for checking out the show. Make sure to follow my other podcast, the Saturday Morning Rumble Wheel, um, which, if you have not heard, me and Daniel did an interview with Kevin Anton, who plays Harley Race in the new uh, Iron Claw film. So check that out. Um, really fun time talking with him. Um, also check out Jeff and Scott over on the Fully Posable Wrestling Figure Podcast. If you're a wrestling figure fan, sorry, Chad. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think uh, he likes wrestling. I think he likes wrestling figures. I don't think he likes wrestling itself. I I question how can you not like both, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, we have a bone to pick with you, Chad. Not just kidding. <laughs> we appreciate yeah. you listening, man. Yeah. Uh, but <laughs> thank you guys for checking out the TV Toy Cast, and we will see you in the toy aisle.